Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 69. This episode is brought to you by the Psalm 1 Inductive Bible Studies. Hey, these are a great way to test out the waters and try out this Bible study method with your kids without having a huge commitment. We have Little Fish's Bible Study of Psalm 1, which is for kids in grades kindergarten through fourth grade. And then we have a self-study workbook and a video lesson for kids in grades 5 through 12. So definitely check these out. I will link to them into the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 69. Welcome to episode 69. We're going to talk about how inductive Bible study supports active learning. And if you're interested in the topic of inductive Bible study, you should check out our previous episode, which talked about Um, why it's so difficult to choose a great Bible curriculum for your kids, one that's really word-centered and not full of fluff. So you might be interested in that episode. And the next episode, number 70, we're still going to talk about inductive Bible study one more time and why I think it really meshes great, really well, with a Charlotte Mason-inspired homeschool. So that's episode 70 in about a week's time. If you're listening to this when it comes out live, we'll be uh, live with that episode next week. So today, how is inductive Bible study supports active learning. You know this as a parent and as a homeschool mom, in order for our kids to really understand any content, we're not even just talking about Bible, we're talking about any subject, they need to be active learners. You might remember and recall a time when you were in school and you might have had a really a class that you just didn't jive with, maybe the teacher was put you off, this topic just didn't excite you, and you kind of showed up to class and you just you were very passive. You were like you just wanted them to pour it all into you. You weren't really exerting yourself and really trying to engage with the content or the teacher or whatever was happening in that classroom. And you know that you probably don't remember very much from that class. Now contrast that with something that you are really invested in. It might not even be a school class. Maybe you never went through school really active and invested in what you were learning. Maybe it's a hobby you've picked up since you've graduated from high school. It could be a musical instrument. It could be a craft. It could be, you know, some topic you're really interested in. Some people, you know, we we get into these niches or these passions that we, we read about, we watch videos about them. We're so into it. We're active learners. And you know that from your own experience, like you don't have to sit in a classroom to be taught something. If you love the topic and you are immersing yourself and putting the effort in, you're an active learner and you're going to remember a whole lot more of what you learn. Um, it's it's even kind of like learning how to drive. I've got 
I've got several teenagers in, in my house right now. And it's one thing for them to be reading the driver's manual, which, you know, yeah, reading a driver's manual, it's pretty boring, right? They're kind of like passive learners. It's, it's pretty factual based. It's just like, okay, do I know what the stats are about, you know, blood level alcohol? Do I know what the speed limit is? Like it's all these kind of dry, dry and boring facts, but when they can apply that and be actively putting all of this information into actually driving and taking the road test, um, you know, that's a whole nother level and they're actively participating. They get much better at it. You know that you do when you're an active learner. So let's kind of talk about this first from a really high up perspective. Like what is active learning? We've kind of given some examples, but let's just define it here. The main difference between active and passive learning is the degree to which you interact with the content. So reading it is at a certain level analyzing it is even higher, asking questions about it, summarizing it, marking it. You know, when you've had a class where you mark the textbook and you circle it and you create colorful charts to help you learn the information, you were a much more active learner and you probably remembered what you learned. Now, I find that we understand this in subjects like history and science and literature, but we don't always think of it in in correlation to studying the Bible. And we do, we give our kids, even our young ones, we think, you know, they can only handle a factual Bible lesson. All I'm trying to do is give them all the facts. If you are at all familiar with um, higher order thinking, teachers get taught this a lot when we go to university to learn, you know, for an education degree. It's something called Bloom's Taxonomy, and you could print this out. You can see an actual chart where they take you from a low level of knowledge-based learning, which is like, can you define this? Can you recognize this? It's very much, it's like history facts. Who, what, where, when, you know? Where was the battle? When was it fought? It's just so dry. It's very factual. It's just the bottom level of learning. Not to say there's anything wrong with this. We all start here. And if you follow a classical model of education, this is what would be called the grammar stage. Everyone needs the the basic um, grammar, the basic tools, the basic um, terms and definitions of that content matter. So there's nothing wrong with teaching our kids the Bible stories. That's like the grammar stage. They need that. But if that's where we leave them their entire lives and they graduate from high school and they've never gotten past Bible stories and devotional books, we're really doing them a big disservice because we're not having them actively engage with the text and teaching them that crucial skill of reading and understanding the Bible for themselves. So even in inductive Bible study, we do start with this basic level. We say observation. What does the text say? It is very low level. You have to start there. But if you that's all you do, you're missing a huge treasure. So how does this look in Bible or another subject? Well, once you move past the factual stage, do we ever help our kids get to the second stage of inductive Bible study, which is interpretation? What does the text mean? Now, look, you could do this with any other subject as well. So take us, let's take, let's take us back to history. You could say, here's the Revolutionary War, the who, the what, the where, the when, that's facts. But then once you start to say, let's analyze, let's do some cause and effect, let's compare the Revolutionary War to the French Revolution, this is a little bit higher. This is like interpretation. This is like the logic stage of the classical model. 
But then we don't stop there. We want to keep going. And in the classical model, we would call this the rhetoric stage, where it's like, take a position and defend it. Was the American Revolution based on the same principles as the French Revolution, or were they totally different? Evaluate it. Show show your reasons why you think this. Rewrite it. Summarize it. Um, create an argument. And this is kind of like application for an inductive Bible study. We don't just want the main facts. We just don't want to compare and contrast and say, what does it mean? We want to say, how should this change me? There are implications to this information that actually I need to be able to defend or I need to be able to apply it or reframe it or prioritize it. And so you see how inductive Bible study, I mean, our kids are learning at this super super deep level, super high order thinking when we can walk them past a simple factual study. Now you may even think, oh my goodness, this sounds complex. I bet you this is only for high school. And I'm going to tell you that it is not. I have done inductive Bible study. I would say like a really a really thorough one with my kids as young as fifth grade. And I think we can still give the kids younger than fifth grade, the tools they need. Of course, you're not going to expect them to study through a whole book of the Bible when they're in first grade, but we can start verse by verse here and there, giving them the tools and teaching them about it. Because once they get older, they're going to, it's going to be familiar and they're going to be able to run with it. So let's talk about those tools that an inductive Bible study method brings to your kids that gives them the ability to actually be actively engaged with the text. I would say there's two big tools. The first one is marking the text, and the second one is narration. So marking the text is pretty specific to inductive Bible study. And as a visual learner, I really love it. It's helpful. And so if you have visual learners in your home, I know they will love it too. Inductive um, the inductive method basically asks students to use colored pens or colored pencils, and we look for keywords. We look for contrast. We use for we look for repetition. We look for connecting words. We look for um, all of these things that will help us do the interpretation step. But in marking the text, we can visually see what's going on. So the word love might be repeated in a paragraph like six times, and we see that because we put a red heart around the word love. Or um, the Trinity might be mentioned in this because we know this because we have a specific way we mark each person of the Trinity. Or Paul may be doing a list and he repeat and he does a list and we can tell that because we've underlined it and marked it out with numbers one two three four. However, this looks in your text, but that's the first step that allows you then to go to those higher level thinking skills like interpretation and application. If you want to see a video of marking the text, I want you to go to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 69, and I will put a video in there so you can get a better idea of what it looks like if this is all new to you. The second tool that really helps students become active learners is narration, or you could just call it summary. Um, This is really a rewriting or a reframing of the main idea of the text, but it takes a lot of active interaction with the text earlier on to be able to come up with that summary. It's not just copy paste from what the text says. It's really chewing it up and spitting it out and figuring out, okay, what is this saying? And can I 
put it in my own words. You know, if you use narration in your homeschool with a Charlotte Mason method, you know that you can tell if a second grader understands the science text that you just read, because if they can explain it in their own words, they understand it. You know this from life. Whenever you have to teach something, you have a greater understanding of it. So it's kind of like, can your student teach what this text just said? If they can, you know they understand it. If they can't, we have a little more work to do. So it's just a very natural next step to use narration in your Bible study. If you already use it with other subjects, you can easily try out the inductive Bible study method just simply by adding narration in. Um, So um, I also want you to download a free narration cheat sheet that can be used for any subject in your homeschool, but I think you could use it for, to get started with a little bit of Bible study on your own and see how it helps your kids be able to really interact with the text at a higher level. So these are just some of the ways that I think inductive Bible study method supports active learning. And if you want to check out some of the resources we have, we created the Psalm 1 Bible study lessons so that you can have an easy way to kind of dip your toes in the water without jumping in the deep end. You don't have to commit to this huge curriculum, but you can give it a try. And I want you to check it out. We do have the Little Fishes Bible study for the kindergarten through fourth grade. And I'm going to put a coupon code in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 69 so that if you want to try that out for absolutely free, you can. And then we have stuff for the older kids as well. We have a self-study workbook through Psalm 1 for grades 5 through 12. Or if you have a visual learner in your home, you can check out the video lesson of Psalm 1 as well. Absolutely everything will be linked in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 69. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling. Happy homeschooling.